An unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth Podcast. Save me a press. So my name is Michael. Uh, I'm an author of a book, You Are the Fucking Shit. Heal Your that. Anxiety, Anger, and Depression from the Ground Up. I'm also host of the podcast, Heal from the Ground Up. That's the name of my practice. I've been doing it for 10 years. And what I specialize in is uh, using intergenerational healing to heal anxiety, anger, and depression from the ground up. Yeah, this, in short, a lot of times we suffer is because we're living in somebody else's movie, thinking it is our own. But that's something that when in the interview or in the session that we can, it'll come to life. I like the name of your book, by the way. How'd you come up with that name? Uh, it's really funny because uh, when I was in coaching school, uh, they told me, um, we had this exercise with break up in small groups and they call it a captain, kind of like your true self, your, your higher self. And they, we had to embody it like visually and uh, physically and just vocally. And so um, the, my, my group partner asked me, like, what do you want to do? What do you feel like doing? And I said, um, I feel like standing on top of a chair. But I, don't, but I was shy about it. I was like, I don't know if I should do that. You know, that's kind of awkward. It's like, she, she's like, go ahead, do it, do it. And she was like completely supportive of me. And it's like, okay, what else do you want to do? I was on top of the chair. It's like, I want to bang my chest like athletes do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and, but I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna do that in front of class, you know. And it's, and she's like, no, 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 do it, do it. And so I started doing it. And she asked me again, it's like, so what else do you want to do? And I was like, and I whispered to her, I was like, I kind of want to yell out, I'm the fucking shit. <laughs> but but I told her, there's no way I'm gonna say that in class, you know, because everybody's in small groups doing their thing. There's no way. And she's like, just do it, just do it, you know. Like so, I just took a deep breath and then just yelled it out, I'm the fucking shit. And the whole class got silent. The teacher was like, okay, I think we're off. I think that's it for today's exercise. But that then, must have uh, felt so good to like release that though, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's really funny was like an hour later, we had to do another group exercise talking about our life's purpose. And we came back, reconvened. We're like sitting all in a uh, group circle. And one student, one classmate, she's like troubled by it. And she's like, uh, she's like, I don't know what my life purpose is. And she was, and then some other classmate just walked right, right up to her and coached her right on the spot. She, she was able to figure out that life purpose and he had her stand on the chair and then say it out loud. She's like, you know what? She's like, this felt so great. I want other people to do this as well. So each, uh, all of my classmates took turns standing on her chair and saying out loud whatever their life purpose was. And they were saying like, something really beautiful or even a little flowery. They're like, I'm the lighthouse of the world. I'm the ocean of safe space and in, in, in change and transformation. And when I got up there, uh-huh. I was like, just took a deep breath. I put my arms out wide and I was like, <laughs> I'm the fucking shit. And then like <laughs> everybody just fell to the floor. And that's where the name of the book comes from. I love it. That's really good. That's very uh, empowering, I, that statement, just because like just saying it makes you probably feel good. But I'm guessing you got into spirituality because you said, you know, you had to picture yourself, envision um, your higher self. Exactly, exactly. The, how I started all of this and it was through a breakup of a relationship because I never believed in my wildest dreams 
that I could help others emotionally. I I felt like um, I would watch Oprah and I was like, I I don't have a, I have a hard time understanding what, what she's saying or what other guests are saying. And it was through mm-hmm. the breakup of a relationship and understanding why did she do what she do and say, say what she said, or why did it end? I was able to have confidence and belief in myself. Oh, wow, I can actually do this. And I started doing that on my clients. They would have physical issues, but I talked to the emotional core and un- uncovered that. And like, they would just start bawling. Like 70% of my clients just started crying right on the spot. And I had a natural gift. And that's where it all started. It's funny you say that about how you got into it was through a breakup. Mine was the same. Mine was uh, probably the worst time in my whole life and it was a breakup as well and then you know you just like want answers so you start looking into like so much more about life than just the breakup of your answers you know so like I agree um that definitely was my awakening as much as I hate to to admit that I went through all that for a reason but I'm glad I did because um I learned a lot from that and and it brought me to where I am today so I totally agree so when you said that you have um this gift what what gifts are you I mean it's it's the gift of in high empathy. So, oh, for example, nice. somebody around you, are you able to mm-hmm. feel it, pick up on it, or sense it? That's the mm-hmm. gift that a lot of people have, but then you have to use it consciously or incorrectly. Otherwise, it's a double-edged sword, and it creates a lot of emotional pain for you. That's awesome that you're an empath because um, I I am definitely an empath, but right now I, I've. I just, I'm in the beginning of all this, so I'm learning. You know, I have spiritual gift, and I'm still trying to tap into those. But empath is for sure something that I know because I get drained throughout my day with just dealing with people or just, you know, friends, family, whatever. Uh, crazy how everyone says it's a gift because some days I feel like it's not a gift. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's a gift when you use it. It's an incredible gift when you use it consciously and correctly. But if we misuse it and we use it unconsciously, then it creates tremendous amount of pain and confusion. So how did you get into that? How did you gain knowledge on that? Something, I, I, something happened actually with the, near the birth of my child. And that happened, my child is uh, six months old. And this oh, was the biggest, thank you, thank you, uh, biggest awakening of what intergenerational healing really is and how it relates to this gift of high sensitivity and high empathy. He's six months old and 10 days before he was born, all the way until he was two months old. He was born in the Czech Republic because that's where my wife has uh, access to free health care. And during that time, 10 days before he was born until he was two months old, I had terrible insomnia. I'd wake, I'd sleep for three or four hours a day, wake up in the middle of the night because I either had to change a diaper or because I had to go to the restroom and immediately I feared I would not be able to go back to sleep. And that was almost always the case. It kept on going, going for two months. And my worst fear was, well, if this keeps on going, what if I die? There was feelings underneath that. And I'll talk about that later. Uh, me and my wife, my kid, we went back to the U.S. My parents picked us up at the airport. We all had dinner together that same night. And we're sharing stories on how me and my wife raised our newborn and how my parents raised me as a newborn. And I found out for the first time ever that my mother never took care of me throughout the night because she was scared. If I were to wake her up, she would not be able to go back to sleep. She's extremely, extremely and obsessively fearful of death, but she avoids it all by fixating on health and safety. Okay. The issue was, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like she lives in a really, really nice uh, neighborhood, but all the windows are barred up. She has an alarm system. 
a surveillance system. She has a door lock, a chain lock, and she puts a door, uh, a, cha a chair against the door handle just in case somebody gets in. So, so what the, the, the phenomenon was, the intergenerational trauma was that I felt and internalized her pain and her trauma as a newborn and repeated oh. the same exact pain and trauma 39 years later when I had my own newborn. Whoa, so, yes, I could see that. Wow. And so when I crazy. heard that, I was like, oh my goodness. Wow, that it, is crazy. That's like some uh, like out-of-body experience. <laughs> so how long you've been doing these uh, coaching sessions? Uh, over 10 years. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, if you want, um, just to kind of give everybody like a description, I guess, of what kind of sessions you do. I know you mentioned like the topic, like the anger and depression, anxiety of, you know, of what you do coaching sessions. But if you want to kind of explain what your coaching sessions have or come with, and then we can start off, you know, with a quick session real quick. I mean, everything I do is based off a process that I created called the emotional strength, F-I-S-T process. I can go dive in. F stands for, well, F stands for feeling is healing. Normally what we're doing is that we're constantly thinking, thinking, and overthinking. Uh, Do you yes. resonate with this? Yes. Okay. I'm a Gemini, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, thoughts and actions are important, but they are the ship that helps us get to our destination. Our captain is feeling and not feeling is healing is not the end all be all, but it is a critical foundation that we need to set for all other levels of healing and awareness to be possible. Now there is a mantra that will help us center ourselves mm -hmm. and it's a hefty one. So I'm going to say it twice. Problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Once again, problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Yes, that's like childhood wounds. Yeah. So the, this is about the thinking mind, the one that keeps on thinking, thinking, overthinking. It tells us it is a certain problem causing us a negative emotion and a negative feeling. So the thinking mind tells us if you fix the problem, you will fix the feeling. But the reality is that the feeling preceded the problem. So even if you fix the problem, the core issue, the core negative feeling still exists. Now, these negative feelings, they are weeds. They are going to say something very negative about us, but we have to remind ourselves it's not true about who we really are. We just have to identify it, uncover it, so it doesn't subconsciously control how we feel and think. How do we heal that? Before we heal it, we need to identify what that feeling is. Sure. It's saying something about us. And so for me, in that sleep issue, it was like, if I die, I'll cease to exist, which is really the f most extreme version of feeling worthless. And so that's what my mom was. It's like, it was like, if you die, you cease to exist, you feel worthless. My grandmother, this is, it comes, where does that feeling of worthlessness for my mother come from? Well, my grandmother, when she was five years old, her this was World, World War II in China. Where does my mother's feelings of, like the fear of death, which is rooted in the feeling of worthlessness, because if you cease, if you die, you cease to exist. Now, where does that mm -hmm. feeling of worthlessness come from? This is about the intergenerational trauma. So for, 
from my grandma, my mother's mother, when she was five years old.、Uh, this was in World War Two in China. Her, my grandma's father, wanted a prettier wife, a more a better educated wife. So she, he divorced my grandma's mother, and my grandma's mother ended up living a, a life of poverty. Uh, she wow, was severed、sad. from her first child, and I heard through、mm-hmm. a relative that I was visiting like two years ago that, like, when she visited her, she had a stroke and she had a major hunchback because she was just working in the fields. So that's the first experience of abandonment. Now my grandma, grandma's father, remarried, and that stepmother did not want my grandma a part of the family because she doesn't want to be known stepmother. She doesn't want to be known as the second wife, so she、mm-hmm. didn't want my grandma a part of the family. So my grandma was raised by her grandparents. But this is World War Two, a lot of death, violence, and murder. For example, communists invaded her home. She was hiding in the barn, and she saw her family members lined up in the line and killed execution style. And so、wow. that's the world.、Wow. That's the world that she, she lived in. And so she's escaping, fleeing for her life. She flees to safety to her father's new home. When when he opens the door, his first reaction is disappointment, because he knows his second wife will be upset. So for my grandma, with her life on the line, her life is is not worth protecting to by her father. And、by、she's ninety three years father, old right, right now. She's ninety three years old right now, and. For the all this time, you know that I've known her in family lunches or family dinners, she often sits with her body facing like outwardly, because subconsciously she feels like she's not part of the family. Oh, that's sad. That's so sad. That breaks my heart. Oh, oh, that's so sad. So, how did your mom inherit that from her? She well, there's tradition. Like my grandma was traditional, so she favored my mother's. Brother, my uncle, over my mother. So there is a little bit of that, but I feel I like the, the <laughs> yeah, the biggest impact though was the subconscious one. My mom internalized her my grandma's experience of abandonment. Also, my gra- my my great grandma, so that she exper she internalized it, but subconsciously she doesn't know that this is her pain. Uh, that somebody else's pain, so she has to create a fear, a fear of death, to make sense of this experience of abandonment that doesn't belong to her. Like I coach somebody on the podcast, he has this tremendous—he's a college student, tremendous fear of driving. Like he has—he's only driven twice in his life, and it was only in a parking lot. Wow! Why is his、yeah. attachment to to an actual wound? Great grandfather, great grandparents. This was his his family's from India and Pakistan. So during that, when the Britons, like I didn't know about this, he had to teach me this kind of. But when when the、uh, Britain left, the、uh, then India and Pakistan were separated, and the Muslims、uh, went to Pakistan, migrated to there, and the non-Muslims from Pakistan migrated to India. But there's a lot of conflict between them too. So during that migration, there's a lot of death, violence, and murder and hunger. So when he's in that car, fearful for his life, like he doesn't even like walking around moving cars. Wow.、Okay? He's reliving that experience of his great grandparents and also his grandparents because his grandparents were like five years old during that time. 
but he's reliving it. So that's why he's that's why he's so he cannot fix it. But he's okay. He's, so I have a question with that. So let's just say because I I would say my biggest wound is abandonment issues. It it it, it truly is. I have abandonment issues really bad, and I know that um there's a connection with you know my parents, but. I, because my parents are from Argentina, they're they're citizens now, but they they came here in the '80s, so I didn't grow up with grandparents and family and any of that. So I don't know much history about my family, just you know what I'm told. How can we find out what our wounds and what are our pains that are in our family that continue, like that cord is continuing? Okay, okay. How how can we find that out? Okay, before we get to that space, that point, I like to ask, just in your present day life, okay. How are you feeling, and what would you like to focus on for today? Um, lately, I've been kind of low vibration. Um, I'm just feeling. Um, I'm just emotionally drained. I want to focus it. on how to raise my, I guess, vibration. Not, I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's about being an empath, but I just, I just don't feel. Uh, like supported appreciated loved and i know it sounds so cliche to say that but it's just like it's been going on for a while and i'm just like tired and then uh in what situation do you not feel supported appreciated and loved and and family and um i have like no social life so everything is about work i have three jobs i you know i'm constantly working i have i'm a single mom i've been divorced um i have no love life i mean I'm still healing from that breakup and there's, you know, there's things that came up recently that showed me that this person that hurt me so bad is happy and, and got away with running away from their problems. And from the outside, it looks like they're happy and it just but build this rage in me. But at the same time, that after the rage went away, it just brought this sadness over me. Like, how can I like not be in a better place, but yet from the outside, this person looks like they're in a better place. And and just my family's not really supportive with a lot of things that I do. And just, it's just all overwhelming, everything. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Let's, let's kind of like set an anchor and pinpoint. Um, okay. So, because the thoughts can be swirling. And mm-hmm. so, remember, so FISD process. Feeling is healing. We did that. Problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Now we got to identify these weeds, cause negative feelings. That's the I in the FISD process. Identify. Now, how are we going to identify these feelings? We're going to use the process called the POOF process. P E W F. And before we explain what this is, I want to identify which emotion do you experience out of the three main negative emotions. And there are subcategories to each one. First one is anxiety, worry, or fear. Do you experience any of these? Worried and fear, yes. But like, I, I always had anxiety in the past, and I could say lately I haven't ha- I haven't been that anxious as I usually am. Got it, got it, got it. But you do experience worry and fear. Worry, yeah, worry. You know, where I'm always worrying, yeah. Got it, got it. Okay, all right. Do you experience anger or frustration? Anger does not have to be a violent feeling because it's, it's just the feeling and also frustration is really just uh, repressed anger do you experience any anger or frustration yes okay both 
Um, a- anger, more anger. Got it. Got it. Do you experience any? Because there's a negative stigma to this. Okay, depression.、Mm-hmm. What I call depression is really emotional suppression, which is suppressing, numbing, bottling in how you feel. Do you experience any of that? Yes,、um, a lot. And lately, I I I went through something that I knew if like I I went through like a situation, and I knew that if I lost it, that it would affect me bad. And I said I don't want to get back into my dark like days. I don't want to like fall back in depression because when I was in depressed in the past, I just woke up and I was in there. But of course, I lost because you know nothing works out for me, or at least I feel like it, and it's just like. I'm feeling upset about it because it's like, when is it going to be my turn? But at the same time, it I'm starting to feel that like I'm getting depressed. Yeah. When you feel that depression or the sadness, remember, feeling is healing. Because the reason why don't why do we suppress? Why do we numb? Okay, the depression, anxiety, anger is a coping mechanism. Depression is how we numb our pain. Anxiety is how we run away from our pain, and anger is how we protect our pain. I want you no, to... you're right, because and it's funny that you say that about suppressing your your feelings, because I made an episode about it、uh, like three weeks ago. I suppressed my feelings about something, and then I, which got me in trouble, which is what my obsession was about, because I was suppressing my feelings, and then I ended up outletting it in another way. So I was like, no more suppressing my feelings. Like I can't. If I need to feel it, I need to feel it, and that's what it, I totally、it. agree with you. Got it. So. The reason why we don't like to f- normally don't like to feel is because we associate feeling with feeling pain. But reframe what pain is as an emotional wound, and tell yourself feeling is healing because it connects you to love. So even if you feel the pain, you you begin the healing process because you're giving it the medicine of love in order to heal. Okay. Right. Just、uh-huh. we'll just take a quick moment. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Check in with your body. Where do you feel the tension? In your throat, in your heart, in the top of your stomach, or the bottom of your stomach? My heart chakra. <laughs> got it. Got、asking. it. So when you feel that, you don't need to figure it out. We, we we will find out what it's about, what it's saying, where it's coming from. But for now, I don't want you to try to figure it out. Just connect with that space, and then just tell yourself, feeling is healing. You don't need to figure it out. And already begins the healing process, because what happens when we avo- avoid our emotional wound? A wound will only grow, will only consume us. So you want to be able to feel it and to face it. Okay, so tell me. Now let's do the proof process. P E W F. P is problem. E is emotion. This will help you identify those weeds, those core negative feelings. Tell me a problem that brings up strong feelings of anxiety, worry, or fear in you.、Um, like a situation. Yeah, any problem or situation that brings up strong feelings of worry or fear. Money, right now with my kids, money just being able to afford everything. Is it hitting harder now because with everything that's happening? Just no, out of it's, curiosity. No, it's it's hitting more harder because of the outcome of my like drive to to and from work. So now I have to and I can't take a bus with this whole coronavirus. So it's like there's I, I, that's where the anxiety comes in. I, I just have to find a way to get to work without it being public transportation. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. I just feel stuck. 
Got it. Got it. All right. Is there any? I just want to uh, see, like, get a bigger picture. Is there any other problem or situation that brings up strong feelings of worry or fear? With what's going on around the world, yes, but that's about it. No, nothing, nothing else. Okay. Okay. All right. That's why I was saying any... that, that I don't have that. Uh, I don't have the worry as much. You know. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So tell me a problem or situation that brings up strong feelings of anger or frustration. How? How? I'm such a simple person. And I don't ask for much, and I just can't get the smallest things to go my way. Just the smallest things, and I feel like I'm giving out so much positivity, and I'm helping so many. I'm not doing it for a reward, but it's like I'm, I'm giving so much out, and it just frustrates me and upsets me that it's like, no, it's not on the cards for me, you know. Like nothing good is happening to you. Yeah, and it's been like that for a while. That's why I was saying I feel emotionally drained. Got it. Got it. Can you give me a specific example when you feel like nothing good is happening to you? Like I started,、um, I've been manifesting for a couple months now, and learning how to do that in meditation. And I was really bad at meditation because I'm always overthinking. And I finally got into it where I could do it for 40 minutes, and it didn't feel like 40 minutes. So I started doing stuff like that. And then whenever this situation happened about suppressing my feelings, I started manifesting like positivity and. And I did it for a whole month, and I did it so like not to like, like I I don't, I don't manifest only when I need it, like during a bad time. Like I I do it all the time, but at this time I did it like committed for every day for thirty days, and I just thought you know like, I thought my work of manifestation would work, but it's like kind of hard to manifest when I'm so low vibrating, and it's because stuff like this. And then when am I you know, and it came back not going my way. It's just like, of course, like why? Why would something so simple that would mean everything to me go my way? Like something like that. It's well, we'll get to the root of the root. I want you to focus on the feeling and remind yourself of the mantra: problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. So,、oh, for example,、yeah. if I don't sleep well, I panic, I fear. It's like, what if I die? Or what if I'm so low energy I can't be productive and I attach my self worth to my productivity? All these things like I focus on the sleep. So if I fix the sleep, then I feel better. So they're like, oh, these things are causing me to feel this way. But it's about the feeling, the feeling of worthlessness, the feeling of abandonment, that intergen. So you you want to focus on the feeling. I could definitely tell you what it is then. <laughs> It's、um, I feel like I have to prove my self worth to people to get them to accept me, but yet having to go out of my way to make somebody, somebody or things or people, whatever, to see who I am, it drains me, and then it makes me question my self worth. What do you mean? How do you try to prove your self worth? I just feel like a lot of people in my past, or a lot of people, because I'm I'm outspoken, I'm unfiltered. A lot of people. Say you know she says everything that she thinks, which is it could be good or bad, but some a, a lot of people they see it as it's bad. I'm evil or I'm a bitch or something like that. And like my parents, they tell me like maybe you shouldn't be so open on your podcast. I'm like my life, my podcast is about my life stories. Like if that's embarrassing, like don't embarrass your kids is what they said. I'm like if that's embarrassing, then you're telling me my life is embarrassing. Like I just have to like always prove like. Just show everybody my worth, and I and I'm tired of doing that. Got it, got it, got it. All right, let's identify these core negative feelings. That's the. But before we do that, 
P-E-W-F, poof process. We need to focus on the W, which is worst fear, worst case scenario. Take the original problem and stretch it all the way to your worst fear, worst case scenario and tell me what does that look like. So the, for example, money and uh, not being able to drive for the next 90 days. Um, tell me your worst fear, worst case scenario. Ending up alone. I'm alone and like just all the stress. It would be nice to have a companion to, you know, to go through that stuff. I just feel alone. So like my biggest worry, I guess, would be um, the fact that I can't get in a car and take my kids to anywhere, especially with what's going on now. Like I'm not able and I, I'm like, I feel trapped. I feel stuck. I feel like I'm in, in, in prison in my own home, even though everybody now everyone feels that. But I just feel like it's just even more in my situation. So, oh, so that, more trapped and therefore you feel more alone. Yes. Got it. Got it. With the anger and frustration, you said nothing good is happening to you. No matter how hard you work, you dedicated yourself to a month's work of manifestation. Stretch that to your worst fear, worst case scenario. What does that look like? Stretch that to your worst fear, worst case scenario. Or is that already your worst case scenario? That is, yeah. I would say that's my worst case scenario because it's gotten to... Because I'm, I'm very... Not... I'm not cocky, but I'm a confident person. Like my, I know who I am. I'm, it got to a point where it's starting to make me question. Uh, question what again? Like my self worth. Like it, like I, I always thought so highly of myself, but I've gotten so like low my vibration that I'm starting to think. But my biggest fear right now is, am I really that great? Like I think I am. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now ready to do the the feeling about the self. That's. P-E-W-F, F stands for feeling about the self. You want to imagine if your worst fear came true, how would it make you feel about who you are? Now, it's going to say something extremely negative, but it's not true about who you really are. This is all about, this step is all about cutting the head off the snake. What does that mean? P-E-W-F is the mechanism of the thinking mind, the ego. So what, what it does is the thinking mind, remember it says, Fixate on the problem. That's the P. Fixate on the emotion, anxiety, anger, depression. Fixate on the worst fear in order to prevent it. All of which is a des designed so you don't feel that core negative feeling. Mm -hmm. But if you avoid it, okay, for example, like if a bear was running after you and your kids, would you run? Obviously, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So when you feel these feelings, I want to ask you a question. Do you run? Do you avoid it by constantly thinking, constantly doing, suppressing it? Because if you avoid it, then you are saying it is true. You are saying that you are worthless, that you are alone, that you're a failure. So that's why you cut the head off the snake by identifying that core negative feeling. And when you face it, it loses so much of its power as, a, as opposed to avoiding it, which is only subconsciously telling yourself that it is true, but it's not. Okay. I get what you're saying. So like, I don't, I wouldn't say, okay, so I accept my situation, but I, I verbalize everything. I talk about everything. So with my friends, my family, if I have an issue, I, I'm outspoken. I have no, no problem with that. So if I have an issue or if I have something that hurts me, I can, I can tell myself, okay, this is what my core is. Now from there, how I'm going to fix it is my issue because that's how I run away. I run away by distracting myself. Got it, got it. After and we'll, we'll, it. we'll, we'll definitely uh, dive deep into that. 
So first, I just want to identify for now the core negative feelings. So you want to imagine if your worst fear came true, how would it make you feel about who you are? Now, there are three common core feelings that come up, and I call them FWP. F stands for failure or failing others. W stands for worthlessness, and this has subcategories. For example, I'm alone, I don't matter, people don't care about me, I'm neglected, unwanted, and abandoned, or disrespected. Last one is P, which stands for powerlessness. This comes in two different forms. One is powerless as a fixer, when you feel immensely responsible for others. But when we put uh, in this mindset, we, we're trying to use our personal key to drive the vehicle of life for another but it's impossible. We're going to try to, we're trying to be in control of something that is out of our control, which will make us feel powerless. Another form of powerlessness is constantly needing to be in control. I have clients who tell me they need to be in control 100% of the time. And if the moment that they're not, they freak out. Okay. So mm -hmm. imagine if your worst fear came true, how would it make you feel about who you are? You actually did a good job of already identifying the feelings with the money you f and then with what's going on, going on right now, you feel trapped, which, would, which brings up feelings of how would it make you when you feel trapped? How does it make you feel the FWP and why failure, worthless, so or everything? Yeah. So with everything that you mentioned, I would feel like I... I'm not able I'm not able to be loved I feel like yes I'll feel like a failure but for failing I guess I want to be a role model to my kids I don't want my kids to see me like oh my mom was a single mom her whole life and worked so hard and you know I want to be a role model for them so not a failure like I feel like I'm a failure I don't want to be a failure to them or them to see me like that and I don't want to it, my, my biggest fear happened it would be I would just feel like I'm I couldn't something was wrong with me that I couldn't be loved oh so you, uh, something was wrong with you so therefore people could not love you or understand you yeah they couldn't understand me they couldn't love me because it's something that something that I did wrong or something about me it's got just it, like my it. self-worth I guess yeah got it got it and then so the anger and frustration worst fear is nothing ever good happens to you I'm getting, I'm emotionally drained because it's like, I want it. I know for me to motivate myself to feel better about myself is if like, I could see the, the balance of good and bad of life. And just lately, I've just been seeing so much bad that it's bringing me more down with my self-worth. Yeah. And you're like, it's like, you're not, nothing good has happened to you. It's almost like you don't deserve anything good to happen to you. Right. And I'm a very optimistic person, but lately just, I mean, the things that happen I mean I'm just like this is like sometimes I laugh because it gets to the point where it's just laughable um you know it just it, it just gets to the point I'm an optimistic person I sometimes I'm, I'm too optimistic so it just gave me to a point where I think it's bringing me a little bit more realistic but it's bringing myself down okay because optimism is really really important we need it be conscious of optimism because it may be like a way to avoid the negative feelings and you want to feel it, it to identif yeah. identify it so you can s truly separate from it and let it go. All right. Uh -huh. So we identified your core negative feelings. Now we're ready to do the S in the FISD process, which stands for separation. Separating from what doesn't belong to you. 
Now, to understand what separation is, I'm going to ask you a question. I think you already answered it before. But um, if somebody is feeling anxious, angry, sad, or depressed, are you able to feel it, pick up on it, or sense it? Yes. Can you give me an example? Like, for example, um, but sometimes at work, I mean, I, I went up to somebody the other day at work, and I said, what's wrong? Are you okay? Like, you don't seem like yourself. And she just looked at me and she's like, and she just looked away. And then the next day she came up to me. She goes, how did you know something was wrong with me? And I said, I could tell. I, I just can tell by her. Like, she didn't say anything. She didn't do anything. She just felt low. And she's like, yeah, my friend passed away yesterday. And I just did, I couldn't say those words to you because I would have started crying. I'm like, I am so sorry. And like, just, you know, so I've got confirmation. But it kind of sometimes sucks suck, it sucks up like um my emotions and it ruins my whole day sometimes i can't get out of it got it well we're gonna learn how to use this gift conscious consciously and correctly that's some amazing examples that you shared so Mm -hmm. another way to understand this gift and uh separation is to ask yourself this question but before you do so pull up those negative emotions and worst fears and core negative feelings and ask yourself, who else in my life feels this way? Or better yet, whose movie am I in? Now, there are many, many people in which you can find yourself in the movie of. But we'll begin with the first people you ever knew. And that'll yeah, be your, par- <laughs> your parents. Mm-hmm. Now, the connections that we made, typically they're not uh, obvious in the beginning. But they're clear when we complete the process. So we're going to apply the same P-E-W-F proof process to each one of your parents. And we'll begin with the parent that is more emotionally expressive. Okay. That's my mom. Okay. All right. And with your mom, what emotion does she experience out of anxiety, anger, and depression? Anxiety, anger. Got it. What Anxiety, for sure. Got it, got it. What problem brings up strong feelings of anxiety in her control give me an example she okay so she is um she has to do for example like i used to have a job when i was just waitressing so she has an or she doesn't work so she has an order like on on monday she cleans and she does this and this so on monday was my only day off around that time so we would always argue because i would want to sleep in and she's like why well, i have to vacuum at eight in the morning and i'm like you can just vacuum at noon, mom. It's just one day, like the control and then the anxiety. And like yesterday, she didn't have dinner ready when the kids walked in and she was just freaking out. My dad's like, calm down, calm down. I'm like, Jesus, this woman is driving me crazy. So yeah, uh, anxiety for sure. And she just has to have control of everything. Got it, got it, got it. So with, um, she has a set schedule and if you mess up her schedule or change, uh, yeah, mess up her schedule, she- what is her, switch that to her worst fear, worst case scenario? Um, she, she's old fashioned, so everything's tradition. She has a way of life, a way of daily duties, and that's just the way how it should be. And if it's not, it's verbalized very loudly and very aggressive. Yeah, but what is her worst fear, worst case scenario? Like, for example, nothing is according to her plan yes um it's just the fact that she doesn't have control of it and her biggest fear would be um 
something being taken from her, whether it's control, whether it's she just wants to feel authority. So my okay, so my parents been together since they were 17, 19 years old. They're very old fashioned. My mom's a certain way of life. My dad's cheated on my mom for a whole life. This is like off the record. Um, I grew up in a home like that. My mom, and my dad are still together. My dad's a great father. Husband, not great. A uh, role model as a as a guy in my life, yeah, not that great. But I've seen my mom be treated like crap and still stay, and that's why I feel like she has those control issues. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So she, for example, like she needs to have things done her way because if you don't, then, then it makes doesn't her feel worthy. Yeah, she doesn't. You're, yeah, worthy. Doesn't feel worthy. So it, it controls the only thing she's got. Got it. Got it. Got it. What problem or situation brings up strong feelings of anger or frustration in her? People not doing things the way that she would have done it. If it's got to be her way or no way, it's like got it, it got it, got it. Her way or the highway. Strict. Yeah. Got it. Got it. It could be anything. Got it. Got it. All right. So with your father, what emotion does he experience out of anxiety, anger, and depression? Um, my dad is very mellow. If it, if he was. I wouldn't say he's depressed. Does he suppress yes. how he feels? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. He doesn't show affection that much. Okay, so does he experience any worry, fear, or frustration? Fear. Okay. What problem or situation brings up strong feelings of fear in him? Like um um leaving my mom behind with like with what happens when he passes away? What's gonna happen when he dies? Okay, so his worst fear is dying and leaving his mom alone. I'm leaving. Uh, leaving yeah, your mom. Yeah, the family. Alone. Yeah, yeah, and like the family. Like, like he just thinks, like, what would happen if if I if I passed away? What's gonna happen to everybody? Because a lot of people who fear what will happen to others. Like my mom is very fearful, like, of bad things happening to her loved ones, to her family, like a fear of death. And it's like, oh, what? They're always checking. What if something bad happens? But it's actually projecting a feeling of. Like fear of death is rooted in like if you die you cease to exist, so it's rooted in a feeling of worthlessness. Does he feel worthless, and does is he putting it onto other people? If that's not the case, I just I just want to. I check think in. it is. I think it is because he needs to find his worth through other people, and it's, all right, it all right. comes down from his father. His father didn't really love him and all that stuff. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. So I want you to find. Some type of object that you can place onto your lap, preferably not a cell phone, and where you can feel its weight significantly. Okay, I got a um, soda bottle. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So I want. So the way to understand high sensitivity and high empathy, I call them emotional antennas. I want you to take your two index fingers and put them right on the sides. Of, put them on the sides of your head like this, just for a few seconds. It seems silly, but it brings the point home. Okay. You may put down your emotional antennas, but they are always there. You were born with them. They allow you to feel what other people feel. Now we're going to do the emotional antennas exercise. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to connect with your body, because your true emotional antenna is your body. This is how you、mm -hmm. feel what other people feel. This is where you internalize them, and this is where you store them. I want you to connect with all the negative emotions in your body, the worst fears, those core negative feelings, the feeling of being alone, unloved. Connect that within your body and transfer it all.
from your body to that weight and object on your lap. Transfer every last drop of it. After you do so, I want you to reframe what these negative emotions, worst fears, and core negative feelings are. Reframe them as the emotional signals you picked up through your emotional antennas from your parents since you were a child. Allow that awareness to settle and sink in in your body. Keep your eyes closed. So when you say what brings up worry is money and not now you're not able to drive for the next 90 days, so you're trapped. When you're trapped, you feel alone. That is you being in your mother's movie. That's your mother's feelings. And a lot of that... Yeah. Is your father's feelings. That one is the more hidden one because your mom is out there. When the person is out there, it's easier to make the connection. The person, the parent that suppresses their feelings, you may not consciously connect with it, but subconsciously you can feel it all. And that one may impact you a little bit more. Either way, when you feel that, so when you say anger, frustration, nothing ever goes your way, it's like you're not deserving of anything you have that constant feeling of self-worth that constant feeling of feeling alone abandoned that is your mother's feeling which she masks through control she has to get yes. things her way and if she doesn't she does not matter and she'll get angry mm-hmm. and she'll get anxious about it okay to to get so meticulous about every little tiny thing and your dad he suppresses it again but it's his feeling of worthlessness and then so he'll project it onto other people like oh if, what if i die then i'll leave other people alone but that's how he feels already okay right allow that again all of this to settle and to sink in take a deep breath and whenever you're ready you can open your eyes before we move on to uh. to an exercise to really separate from all this stuff that is like so infused with you that it feels like it's part of your left arm Mm-hmm. Any questions, thoughts, or feelings thus far? I'm just emotional. I'm sad. I mean, it just, it just just when you said to bring all like you know the abandonment, the the feeling alone, just brought tears in my eyes. It just it just hurts. Got it. Got it. All right. How do we? How do you separate from this pain? How do you use your gift correctly and consciously? And I know you feel your parents' pain, and you feel bad for them. What do you do about all of that? The exercise, the, what we're going to do with the exercise we're going to do, I call it SAM. SAM stands for shit ain't mine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that weight, that object on your lap, which represents, which holds all those negative emotions, worst fears, cause negative feelings, the feeling of feeling alone, like nothing is ever good happening to you, feeling powerless of all the stuff that's happening to you, no matter how hard you do. Those are your parents' feelings. And we say they, and they don't belong to you. The thing is, when you say shit ain't mine, you're not saying this to your parents. You're saying this to yourself. Okay? Because if you misuse your incredible gift of high sensitivity and high empathy, you will subconsciously internalize other people's feelings into your personal space. And that, that object, those feelings become your emotional kryptonite that will break you down physically, emotionally, and mentally and make your life the living nightmare that it feels right now. This is not how you want to use your gift. Okay? 
You have to separate from what doesn't belong to you in order to be able to help others and for you to feel peace. So the mantra that I want you to say right now and to say it out loud, okay? Say this, I'm not an emotional sponge. I'm not an emotional sponge. But a source of light. But a source of light. So what you're going to do, you all want you to imagine a healthy line of separation separating your personal space and the personal space of your parents. And what you're going to do, you're going to put that object across the line of separation. But before you do so, I want you to, as you're putting it across the line of separation, I want you to say out loud, shit ain't mine. And at the same time, feel your body separating from all of these negative emotions, worst fears, and core negative feelings, that feeling of feeling alone, powerlessness, abandonment, lack, worthlessness. Feel that separating from your body. Whenever you're ready, you can do so. Okay. This shit ain't mine. This shit ain't mine. <laughs> the feeling of feeling alone. Shit ain't mine. Say that. So what yes. I say, well, I'll say something and you say shit ain't mine. Your feeling of feeling alone. Okay. Nothing ever good happens to, to you because you don't deserve it. This shit ain't mine. Feeling of powerless, powerlessness and nothing ever you do ever works. This shit ain't mine. Got it. Got it. All right. Feeling trapped because when you're trapped, what happens? You're not only alone, but you also feel powerless, correct? Right. And that's your mother's core feeling that she passed through needing to be in control. Wow, that is so true. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, that is very yeah. accurate. So you feel trapped and powerless. What do you say to that? <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> Shit ain't mine. You got you to gotta own it. <laughs> Remember, you're not, saying this, <laughs> you're not saying this to your parents, okay? You're saying this to yourself, okay? Right. All right. Thank you. That was really good. There were so much things that I didn't realize. I want to create a little bit of closure because this gift, this incredible gift that you, that you have, and when you say, like, I want, you probably say, like, I want to feel happy. I want to let this go. Like, I want to, I want, and then just, like, just know that, what you want is not a destination. It is a muscle for you to flex. This is a gift that you have to master. Okay. And you do that through the emotional strength FISD process. So you want to remind this is the foundation, the toolkit that you can emotional toolkit that you can always rely on. F feeling is healing. Establish the foundation. I identify through the proof process. P problem. E emotion. W, stretch it all the way to your worst fear, worst case scenario. And then if your worst fear came true, F, feeling about the self. How would it make you feel the F, W, P, and Y? Failure, worthless, and powerless. Go on to the separation. Whose movie am I in? Once you identify that, shit ain't mine. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to pull up a miniature movie screen in front of your eyes. When you catch yourself feeling trapped and feeling alone and powerless, Feeling like nothing ever as good has happened to you because you feel like you're not deserving, that you're worthless or abandoned. All of that. Pull up in that miniature movie screen. Visualize from your body. Feel that in your, in your body, in your, in your heart. Pull up in the miniature movie screen and visualize how you are in your, your mother's movie. Visualize your mother's movie in front of you. Visualize your father's movie in front of you. You don't want to misuse your gift. It's okay. You're not, you're not kicking them out. You're just watching the movie. 
but do not miss your misuse your gift and put yourself into their movie because that is painful, confusing, and even traumatic. Because typical trauma, when it happens, uh, the way we view it—sexual, verbal, physical abuse—we eventually know that it's wrong. But this kind of trauma, living in somebody else's movie, thinking it's your own, we don't even know it's happening. It is a freaking hologram. That pain that you feel is a becomes a hologram, and no matter what you do to try to put your hands through it, it goes right through. So, right. remove yourself from the movie, separate, and then just watch the movie. Just don't put yourself in the movie. Right. Okay. Like you're not a character in that movie. Yeah, you're not a character. You just a movie. You just you just got your popcorn. And you just watch. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I feel, that's so funny you say that. I feel like a lot of things that go on. I'm like, I'm not gonna involve myself, but I'm gonna sit here and watch. <laughs> but if you watch, then you can maybe you can help or guide the situation. By the way, yeah. Uh, do you have one but, kid or two? I have two boys. Two boys. Okay, they're gonna. It's gonna have a tremendous effect on them when you do this, because when you carry on those unresolved feelings, that intergenerational pain and trauma. And you you watch the movie rather than putting yourself into it, then they no longer will do the same. So it's going to have a tremendous right, effect no, on them. Uh, it's crazy that you say that because um my brother um he's been seeing because like me me and my mom we don't we don't have a good relationship. She says some things that that she should never say to her daughter. And my my brother started noticing it when he started being around more, and he's like, wow. And I said, you know, I think God sent me here to cut this damn whatever we have in our family to be the last female in our family who continues this because my mom, my mom got it from her mom, you know? So it's like, it's a continuous thing. And I'm like, here I am. I have to do all the hard work to cut this cord. Got it. Got it. Got it. This is the first half of the process and the first half of separation. I normally meet people for two sessions and this, the second one goes to the mm -hmm. core of the core. It's very important. So if, if you're open to it, um, I'd like to set something up pro probably a week from now um, if you're okay. okay because this that this is important I want you to apply all that but I, I don't want to rush to it to this next step either okay but first mm -hmm. practice and then we can meet again and go to that core of the core and you'll feel that true release and separation so you can be your T in the FIST is your true self yes yes I want to do that for sure the anchor to all this is that intergenerational healing, the emotional strength, FIST process, and to be in this tribe where people get you and you can support each other and you hear other people's stories. Because in the community, I post a lot of video sessions of people work. I work with people in this process and you just learn. When I told, just told you that guy with you know, my story and also yeah. the guy with the fear of driving and people who hear your story, everybody's going to heal. There's this collective healing Every time I hear a, a work with a client, do a podcast coaching session, I learned that much more. I learned so much more in today. Every, it's like a little flavor, you know? Basket-rama got 31 no, flavors. So I got a thousand <laughs> yeah. different flavors. Every time I see, hear somebody, it's like, whoa. And I want other people to experience that. So that's the community. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I not only that, I would say I learned a lot just from this session alone that you made me realize. And a lot of people are probably going to listen to this and they're going to be like, wow, it's mind-blowing. So what's the community going to be called? I just thought of it today, oh, but I was like, I was like, I don't, I, I told my wife, I was like, I kind of want to think of this, but really, so it's, um, I mean, it's 
it's not I was gonna think heal from the ground up dot com forward slash committee. That's pretty boring, right? So right. I called it it's Y A T F S dot US because the dot com was already taken by some somebody, some 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 organization that protects tropical fish. <laughs> so <laughs> oh I was God, like my wife said what? Because <laughs> I, I sent it to her, I was like, uh sorry it's taking. But dot us is that that community and it's it's that. You are the fucking shit. You are shit. the fucking shit. I love so it. Name. Love it. Yeah. You said you're starting that when? Two weeks. Okay, perfect. And it works like so a I'll, social I'll... media as well. So that's what yeah. I love about it. Yeah. Okay, send me the, the, the link and all that for so I can post it in the bio of this episode. And yeah. um, thank oh, I you forgot. So much it's for first doing two weeks are me. first two weeks are free too. And it's, oh, at a, really? okay. it's a very affordable rate because everything, you know, we don't have that much money with the economy crashing, but it's affordable yeah. rate and you get so much and the first two weeks are free and you can just start consuming all the, the video, uh, content with me working with other clients and begin interacting with others. Yeah. You know, I will say this, a lot of people, um, listen or go into communities like that because it's something that they can relate with. If people can relate with stories or, or what you are posting in the community, that's like how people, you know, especially when they go in there and they see all the things you're talking about, and it's about healing and things that they need, then it just draws you in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But sure. they, but thank you so much for everything. And, um, you guys check them out. Um, I'll put all his information in the bio of this episode with his website and this uh, new community that he started in two weeks. So if you guys want to reach out to him for some coaching sessions, it will be all in the bio of this episode. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this with me today. And you made me really, you made me feel good. Like at the end of our session, I feel really good. So I appreciate everything that you you just did for me. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Angie.